0: Follow me. I want you to see
1: what I can do. We want to bring you more of God's Word. Less of us, more of Him. The Way, 101.1 FM
2: Turkey sees a closer alliance with Russia in Syria, and coincidentally, so does the book of Ezekiel. Teachers in California once again don't know how to stay in their lane, and Jesse Duplantis claims Christians can speed up Jesus' second coming if they'll do this one thing. We'll tell you what that one thing is, plus many more things to share, as we look at the Signs of the Times, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, October 1st, 2021, along with Pastor Mark Kirk. I'm Greg Hilt, and we want to thank you for joining us, and we want to let you know this one thing. You need to download the WayMedia app or go to thewaymedia.net to get the full Signs of the Times experience. You can ask a prophecy question, read the articles, subscribe to our podcast. Plus, as promoters like to say, much much more. Yes. Isn't that right? Pastor amen. Mark? amen. 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 Right, Pastor Mark, good to have you here. Great to be here. Uh, because otherwise, if you weren't here, we wouldn't have a show. So uh, uh, just a little technical housekeeping. No video today. Uh, you know, uh, the mystery of lawlessness and the mystery of technology walk hand in hand sometimes here on Science of the Times. Yes. But we are uh, audio. We are live on WIAM or uh, live online at thewaymedia.net. And you listen to the audio feed from the WIAM radio page. Uh, video not this week so with that we will get into our program yes this is our truth in 10 segment where pastor mark answers your prophecy question or questions in 10 minutes or less pastor mark this is a dual question from jonathan and Jonathan has two questions, and I, you want me to give you both at the same time, or or one? Let's do the other. one at a time. Okay, Let's do one at a time. Perfect. Okay. All right. The first question is: Do you believe in a young Earth or an old Earth?
0: Yeah. Again, a great question because that is a question that comes up a lot in the church today, and it shouldn't be something the church is divided on, Jonathan. But actually, the church is in many areas divided on this. <laughs> And to me, it comes down to, do you believe the Bible for what it says or not? I'm going to sum it up that way. Um, the Bible teaches very clearly in a very literal way that um, the earth is 6,000 years old. I mean, that's just what it teaches.
2: And, Would you say 6,000, like, on the dot, or are you talking about in the vicinity of 6,000? Because I've always vicinity. wondered about that myself. Well,
0: again, from, from, sir, from those that have gone back and done, the, I started to say Sir Robert Anderson, different uh, The chronology? There's a different bishop. But okay. Yeah, but the bottom line is the chronology, when you go back and do the math, there's a lot of done You can do it yourself. If you go back and look at Adam and just date the time from when Adam was till now, it's somewhere around 6,000 years. You're okay. going to be in that ballpark. <laughs> so anybody can do that by going back and just doing your genealogies and a general study. You're going to be in that same ballpark. So here's the first thing we have to face as a reality. The Bible teaches very literally that it's, it's a young earth. That's just what it says. It says that it began in the beginning, God created the earth, Adam and Eve. And then there we are. And here we are now. So that's what the Bible teaches. And I just tend to believe the Bible literally for what God says. That's exactly how the prophets took it. They took the word of God. Literally Jesus took the word of God. Literally. Uh, we've talked in the past, Greg, about visions, uh, about uh, dreams and all these, but all of them have literal meanings behind them. And so uh, a young earth is what the Bible teaches. That's just the fact. Now, Where the discrepancy comes in, I think that most people would say yes. Even those who say it's not a young earth, they would agree. And they would say yes, it it teaches that somewhere around 6,000 years, some go as high as 10,000 years or whatever, uh, the earth was created at that time, and so that's how old it is. The problem many people have is, is they say, well, what about the dating methods? And if you look at the dating methods, you'll find out that according to some dating methods, it has all these huge numbers that are on it. The problem is... If you go and do your homework, and I'll give you uh, uh, some places to do that are one specific place, and that is Answers in Genesis, as well as other places uh, online with creation scientists, you'll find out that the dating methods are intrinsically flawed on many, many levels. In other words, you cannot trust scientifically the dating methods we have in place today. Uh, About the closest one, Greg, you could trust would be carbon dating, And that one is even in question because the oxygen levels in the earth could have easily changed over the past 60,000 years or so. And by the way, carbon dating is only good to about 60,000 to a maximum of 100,000 years. And so carbon dating is very limited in its use. It's probably the most accurate of all of them, but you're limited to a very short amount of time. But again, because of the changes in oxygen, possible changes in oxygen level and all kinds of different things. Um that one can't even really be relied on. So if you do your homework, you'll find that the dating methods are in, are greatly in question. So here's what you have to decide. Am I going to go with flawed proven flawed dating methods and or God's word? The Bible says let God be shown true and every man a liar. Um I go with God's word. And when you look at uh there again answers in Genesis, this is such a large question to answer. Uh, I'd rather direct you to there. They have article after article after article, scientists, PhD after PhD. Go, you can spend yeah. forever on their site. They go deep. Because I do that. And you yeah. can look at this information, and you're, I think you're going to come back going, okay, I see how there's strong evidence for a young earth, and I do believe very much in a young earth. And I'll give you my last, again, biblical reason for that. I know that's not a long explanation, but um, I've given you some direction on finding more information because it is such a long subject. Um, you know, again, the Bible says that the Lord's going to rule on the earth for a thousand years and all through scripture from the beginning of Genesis all the way to the end, we see the number seven being the number of completion and so even in the way the Bible is written, a 6,000-year earth with a 7,000-year capper for the Lord ruling and reigning to complete everything, even lines up with the way that God has used the Word of God and written the Word of God from beginning to end in in just the way he lays it out. So there's so many evidences, um, not just factually, not just scientifically, but even in the way that God writes the Bible that makes me believe, yes, I do believe very much in a young earth, uh, you know, for, again, a number of reasons, because, again, let me get let me take just a moment because i'll expand on this a little bit just go back if you're questioning Jonathan. read the days of creation and it says that in between the days morning and night was one day uh, morning and night was one day actually says night and morning night and morning because the day start in the evening those have to be literal days and here's why if you take those anything other than literal days in creation which would date it to a six you you're going back to adam then you've got millions of years of light millions of years of dark the next day you've got millions of years of light Millions of years of dark. The next day you've got millions of years of light and millions of years of dark because it says that each day was night and day. So there's, there's no way even scientifically, logically, the sun would just go out for millions of years and then come back on for millions of years, then go out for millions of years, then come back on for. So you see, there's so many flaws and errors, Greg. I, I think it, it, it's when people try to explain away God's word for simply what it says, um, you create much bigger problems. And so, um, You can see, just as a small example, some of the huge problems I would have with anything other than a young earth. So, yes, I do subscribe to a young earth. And, again, if you want to do your homework on Answers in Genesis and other creation websites, I think you're going to come back convinced that this is a young earth if you believe the Word of God literally as it's written.
2: Uh Pastor Mark, uh Jonathan's follow-up question really kind of fits in nicely with this. Right. Uh and he asks, "Do you subscribe to the gap theory?" Yeah. And before you do that, maybe if you can explain for our listeners that have never heard of the gap theory, it has nothing to do with the clothing store, right. uh, you know, being a part of prophecy. Absolutely. Uh, so anyway,
0: absolutely. The gap theory, what they say is, many people say that because they believe in an old earth, rather than a young earth. Well, they, they're trying to reconcile what, what, uh, the flawed science is saying on the dating of the earth with the reality of the Bible. And there's no way those two can come together. You can't start with Adam and come till now and have 6,000 years and then have millions of years of earth creation if all those, uh, theories of these scientists and their flawed dating methods are correct. So to try to bring those two together and to bridge that gap, They say there's a gap theory between verse one and verse two of Genesis chapter one. And that is at the very, God created the heavens and the earth. And then they say there's this, this gap of millions of years, which is why we find all the dead, you know, the bones, the dinosaurs, all the destruction, everything. And then after the end of that millions of years, then God created Adam. And after that began the 6,000 years we see here at the end. Okay. The problem with that, there are so many problems. I don't know where to begin. But one of the biggest problems is this. The Bible says that through one man, sin entered the earth, and through sin came death. That means prior to Adam, there was no death. There was no sin. There was no death, if the Bible is accurate, and of course it is. Well, you have to have millions of years of death with dinosaur bones and people bones and civilizations gone if the gap theory is accurate. They're just trying to fill in to fit with the world's scientific model, Greg, and it doesn't work. And it doesn't work with scripture because, again, you cannot have death and sin before Adam. And the gap theory puts sin and death before Adam. So I also have to reject the gap theory based on taking the
2: Bible literally for what it says. A uh, question, Pastor Mark. Uh, for those that subscribe to the gap theory as being legitimate, what do they do with the flood? Well, you know, that's interesting. Again,
0: I, I, I guess with the flood, what they say is that still happened. I would have to guess on this, Greg, because the flood very obviously happened after Adam, and you'd have to deny just the order of Scripture if you didn't believe that. Um, and I, I really don't know where that all their different theories come in. I've not really uh, done great in-depth study on the gap theory. I looked at the gap theory. I see its uh, foundational flaw and I'm like, yeah. that can't be accurate. So beyond that, I don't know where those who adhere to it go with these other things and all their different yeah. theologies. Yeah. But no, I, I, you know, I just think, look, you cannot have death and sin prior to Adam. The gap theory forces death and sin prior to Adam. And by the way, yeah. if you solve the gap theory issue, it doesn't really matter about the six days or 6,000 years because that fits right in perfectly. The only issue you deal with then, uh, Jonathan, would be is how do you reconcile the dating methods? And once again, if you do your homework on the dating methods, you will find major flaws. I'll give you one quick example. Uh, one of the dating methods took a, a sapling, uh, okay, just a sapling, and dated it to 150,000 years old. Well, it was about a foot tall. I can tell you the sapling was not 150,000 years old. So what's going on? There are certain assumptions that scientists are building in about our Earth's environment, uh, the way the Earth was. As a matter of fact, God could have created the Earth with age already built in, Greg. I mean, probably Adam was not created as a baby. Adam, the Bible says, was created as a man. And probably he was somewhere, you know, most guess around the age of Christ, or, you know, you could say he was a teenager, even 20s, whatever you want to say. But the bottom line is... Already was built with time built in, so even as Adam was built with time already there in place, it might be that God built the earth with time in place as well. And so, again, I choose to believe the Lord and His Word. And by the way, yeah. I think this is kind of a test for us. I think, mm. I think we get to heaven. Um, those of us that have just believed God for His Word, I think we're going to have a special reward. And those that tried to doubt it and believe man, who is uh, intrinsically flawed with a fallen brain to begin with. Um, I think we're going to have to answer for that. So I would encourage you, just believe God's Word. The earth is somewhere around 6,000 years old. There was no gap between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis chapter 1, because then you have sin and death before Adam, and everything gets confused, and all your theology is going to be weird, and just stick with the Word of God.
2: Yeah, amen. Uh, Jonathan, we hope that that answers your questions, and uh, Pastor Mark and I were talking before the program. It seems like we've received questions like Jonathan's a lot, but it just may be... And not through the show, but nevertheless, on thewaymedia.net, when you go to Signs of the Times, go to Prophecy FAQ, and these two questions are now part of our Frequently Asked Questions section, because we do get a lot of people that ask questions like this, uh, like Jonathan, and we appreciate Jonathan sending that in, and if you've got a question like Jonathan too, just go to thewaymedia.net or yeah. the WayMedia app, go to Signs of the Times, and submit your Prophecy question. All right, let's get into some articles. We'll head on over to Ezekiel 38 in 39 at jpost.com to see that Turkey is seeking a closer alliance with Russia in Syria. Uh, shockingly, prophetically true.
0: Yeah, it really is. And, Greg, you know, these are the exact ones. Again, these are the things that get my attention because, remember, these are some of the major players in this whole Russian invasion with Iran. It's going to be Iran, Russia, and Turkey are three of the main uh, players coming in. It says Turkey is seeking closer coordination with Russia on regional issues, particularly in Syria, where it helps to work with Moscow to eject U.S. forces from eastern Syria. It's not clear what Ankara's latest plan is, as in the past it has invaded uh, and ethnically cleanse parts of northern Syria of minorities, particularly Kurds, in order to colonize. Russia backs the Syrian regime and is ostensibly on the opposite side of the Syrian conflict, but both countries together oppose the U.S. role there. This may have some ramifications for Israel because Turkey's ruling party has been hostile to the Jewish state in recent years, and Russia has expressed increasing criticism of Israeli airstrikes in Syria. Now, let's talk about this for just a moment. Here's the deal. Russia, Iran, Turkey, everyone just saw what we did in Afghanistan. We tucked our tail and we ran. We just left and we did a very foolish thing and left behind billions of dollars worth of equipment. We left behind Americans. We left behind friends. We ruined our world reputation. We did all kinds of things. So they see us. Remember, the Middle East judges uh, the country by their strength or weakness as to what they do, not what they say. So now they see us as weak. Now, again, we have a powerful military, but they see us as having weak leadership. And if we just pulled and tuck and ran, you know, that way, now we told um, Iraq that we're going to be out of there very soon. We're leaving Iraq as well. We're pulling all of our forces out of Iraq here in the next year or so, maybe sooner than that. Um, is we've already given them a date and everything for that to take place. It might be by the end of this year. But either way, don't quote me on that. But we've already told Iraq we're coming out. Well, they know we're going to do it because of what we just did in Afghanistan. So now, the Greg, golden opportunity. Hey, we don't want you here either. So let's get you away from Syria. Nothing to do with Syria. Anything to do with the American force that's out of Syria because that gives us greater freedom of, of movement. And if America continues to pull out of the Middle East, all that does again is open the door wide for the Russian attack with Iran, as we speak of in Ezekiel all the time. And so we're getting there step by step, uh, uh, you know, uh, boot by boot, if you will. And we're getting booted out of the other countries. Actually, we're leaving. So I do think this is significant for seeing the the um, the boldness to move when it comes time to move Greg into Israel. And so Israel is rightfully concerned, and we're paving, we're helping pave the way for that yeah, attack.
2: We sure are, unfortunately. We're also helping to pave the way for more Jew hate to increase around the world as yeah. we continue not to stand with Israel. Uh, this is from the FreeBeacon.com, the San Diego Teachers Union passes a resolution that rejects israel's legitimacy yeah. legitimacy rather uh clearly the san diego teachers uh union has never taken a course in history yeah. uh, before and also too, pastor mark i did notice in this article it talked about the missile defense shield funding had been removed but this that's that's wrong though that was funded so it was re it was re uh, it, re whatever
0: yeah, let me read just, some yeah, of so this. Just to let you know. Yeah, yeah. The San Diego chapter of the American Federation of Teachers passed a resolution this month rejecting Israel's legitimacy as a country and accusing the Israeli government of carrying out ethnic cleansing, apartheid, and war crimes against Palestinians. Those are all three lies. Listen, the, the, what's happening now, Greg, is... The media just openly lies and nobody. I Nobody's guess,
2: challenging they Or they're all, if they do, they're shut there up. There
0: may be one. Fox may be the only one. Most everyone else is going along. I know that not every American believes it, but a huge portion of people simply believe what they see and hear yeah. on the radio and the news. Yeah. And they're just lying and they're getting bold in their lying because they're not being held back. In a resolution, AFT Guild Local 1931, which represents community college teachers in San Diego, refers to Israel as historic Palestine. And calls on the Biden administration to hold Israel accountable for its complete disregard of international law and implement a prompt reassessment of military aid to Israel. The statement does not mention Palestine terrorism. It argues that Israel's indiscriminate bombing of the Gaza Strip has claimed a significantly greater and disproportionate number of Palestinian lives and destroyed essential infrastructure in the already oppressed occupied territories. First of all, listed these lies. Indiscriminate bombing does not take place. They only attack once they're attacked to defend themselves um so they're the the palestinians there in that region are bringing this on themselves their leadership is doing this and when they say disproportionate we hear this all the time how disproportionate is it when you're trying to save your family and your wife and your child if somebody breaks into your home and they start shooting yeah It doesn't matter how much you shoot back. There's no such thing as disproportionate. It stopped the attack on my family.
2: That's Uh, what's going on in Israel. I don't remember the the last count of missiles when they had that big barrage, but it was in the thousands, I believe. So this is not an issue of Palestinian civilians standing on one side of a fence and throwing rocks. These are military lethal missiles that they've been shooting that will kill kill you that's right i don't understand what's disproportionate
0: well it shows the ignorance of the media and the american people and let me just say i don't think the media is that ignorant i think it's more of a political decision and really a spiritual decision as well and a spiritual impact. spiritual battle yeah it is uh, but they're taking a side it goes from the spiritual to the political and a lot of the media because they're taking a side but the reality is greg they know they're not telling the truth in many instances and i think because of their the spiritual influence they're believing the lies so they just put it out there for other people Uh, But it says the resolution comes as hate crimes against Jewish Americans are on the rise and progressives across the United States ramp up a campaign of delegitimization and the economic pressure against Israel. On Tuesday, Democratic leadership uh, removed funding for Israel's missile defense shield from its spinning. This is dated, um, but now they have now a bill was uh, put back in after that, which you pointed out. So now we are going to be funny. But here's the thing. They took out the, the Iron Dome defense bill and then now got put back in, thankfully. But what was amazing to me, Greg, uh, is that this was a totally, it's a totally defensive weapon. The Iron Dome yeah. is not a, an offensive weapon. You can't use it to attack anyone. anyone. It is simply to stop from being attacked. And even that... They're having a problem with. It's because of a spiritual hatred for Israel led by uh, the demonic realm. The ATF local guild resolution denounced Israel's 73-year 73, uh, 73 occupation, end quote, a reference to the creation of the Jewish state in 1948.
2: Which which was ratified by the United Nations.
0: That's right. This claim goes beyond accusations of many of Israel's harshest critics who trace the occupied territory dispute uh, to the 1967 Arab war. Now, again, I'll get back to occupied territory. We may may just talk about this, Greg, for a minute here. Yeah, that's fine. The union also defended itself against charges of anti-Semitism, claiming that that condemning Israel for ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, occupation and apartheid and war crimes is not anti-Semitism. Here's the problem. None of those things are true. There's no apartheid, there's no occupation, there's no cleansing of Palestinians, there's no war crimes. They are defending themselves. It is a lie that's being presented, and um, again, the problem is many people believe it. Now, when you say occupation, it's interesting, Greg, they go back to 1948 and say that's when Israel started occupying. God gave Israel this land thousands of years ago, and God said, I gave it to them, I'm going to have them keep it, and even when he comes back to rule for a thousand years... They will rule. They, will, I mean, they will have that area to rule over. He will give them that right and that territory. So this is not occupied by anybody except those whom God gave it to. These are enemies of God and enemies of God's word that are fighting against the nation of Israel. And again, Israel doesn't because their eyes are closed spiritually. They don't see this from that sense. I don't know if they realize it's a spiritual battle or not. Some do, probably most don't. But it is a spiritual battle. Now. The Palestine, let's talk, Greg, for a second. I want to cover this Palestinian issue, okay? Why are they called Palestine? Because in the article, they talk about these are their attack against the Palestinians and they shouldn't be there and they've only been there since 1948, the Jews with the Palestinian territory. Look, Israel was established thousands of years ago when God brought them in out of Egypt. The reason God judged the Canaanites who were in the land, he gave the Canaanites, the Bible says, over 400 years to repent of their sin. They were doing atrocious sins, Uh, not only killing their own people, killing their babies, doing it in brutal ways, Greg. These people were the worst of the worst, okay? So there was horrible, we call it um, terrorism, torture, all these things, for over 400 years. And God said, I gave them 400 years to repent. That means he was convicting them. That means he was sending them the message, and they refused to repent. He said, all right, it doesn't matter who it is, I'm going to judge you. Ken, you're going to be judged. It doesn't matter who gets this land. You're judged. You're done. So he judged Canaan and he said, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to judge Canaan, but I'm going to bring the Jews in as I rescue them out of Egypt and give them the territory. I'll, it wouldn't matter. I'll judge Canaan. I could have brought anybody in. Yeah. Sure. i bringing in the Jews. Now, he established a nation and kept his promise to Abraham from that point on. It was called Israel. It remained Israel for thousands of years up until Hadrian in the 100s, an emperor there um, of the Roman Empire, Emperor Hadrian. Uh, somewhere around 136, between 136, I think it was around 136 to 150 yeah. in that range.
2: And he loved the Jews.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, don't quote me on the time that he reigned. You can look that up, but it's somewhere right around in there. Uh, Emperor Hadrian. And he said, I hate the Jews. <laughs> I hate them so much, I'm not only going to persecute them, I'm going to change the name of their land. And I'm going to give it a new land. Okay. Hey, guys, who's the biggest uh, enemy of of the Jews? Uh, I think the Philistines were the biggest. Okay. We're going to call it the land of the Philistines, Philistinia. Except Philistinia translated another way is Palestine or Palestinia, which became uh, Palestine. So Palestine is the word Philistine, just in another language. It's a translation, you know, uh, to another word. It's the word uh, Philistine. So he calls the land the land of the Philistines, which by the way, the Philistines never occupied. Time to time, they occupied portions of Israel when they had their battles and Israel pushed them, pushed them back out. It was David that fought against the Philistine with the Goliath. So there were times that, but it was their ongoing enemy, so to speak. He picked their, one of their greatest enemies to name the land after one of their greatest enemies as an insult to the nation of Israel. So when you say it's the land of Palestine or anybody says that in an article, It was named that out of mockery by Emperor Hadrian after God called it Israel and put them in the land and said, I've given it to you because he hated the Jews. And people still hate the Jews today. So you know what they call it? They still call it Palestine. And it's used as a a derogatory term or a way to kind of show that the Jews shouldn't be there. Now, here's where it gets even more interesting. If you go to Israel today and ask the Palestinians, end quote, are you really a Palestinian? They will tell you no. We go by that name, yes, but are my descendants truly Palestinian? No, because what you're saying is, are you really a descendant of the Philistines? And they'll tell you, no, we're not descendants of the Philistines. We're descendants, and they'll have all different groups they're descendants of, most of them Arab from other areas as well. They're descendants, even many of them from Abraham being in the Arab line. So understand, Palestine was a name given by an emperor who hated Israel to mock them and mock the land that God gave them, it's still the name they use today, and there has never been in world history a Palestinian country, ever. It's, it was just the Jews renamed. There, there are people that call themselves Palestinians, great, but yeah. there's never been a Palestinian state in world history or a Palestinian country, just the name on the land by Emperor who hated the Jews.
2: Now, let's talk about the Catch-22 for a minute, and maybe you can explain what the dynamic is here, because, number one, there was a legitimate people group of the Philistines that did exist. Yes. But... Do they still exist today as a people group? Question number one and question number two is, is then if these people say, and they would never say this publicly, that they're not Philistines, they, they, what their declaration is, is that they're sons of Abraham. Right. Uh, you know, through, right. through Ishmael. Right. But if they do that, then they, deny any right, right to the land <laughs> under the right. world's view That's so
0: <laughs> well I, you're right there's about a battle. first question are there any philistines today any true palestinians the answer is no all the philistines or palestinians have died out they don't exist anymore um now again, was that
2: 300 a.d or somewhere in that area again, Greg, i'm not sure okay, of the year okay. i just know
0: that the philistines are gone okay. god said i'm going to judge you even remove your remnant And yes. today even genetically is my understanding you will not find any philistines which they named palestine after now, again, the people that call themselves the Palestinians, they are real people. They're really there in Israel. I'm not denying that. But they're not Philistines, and they never were there occupying the land thousands of years before the Jews, as you were talking about. No, the ones who are in the land before the Jews, Greg, are the Jews and some of the Arabs. Arabs are, again, descendants of Abraham. And there are other peoples there from the Middle East that are not Arab that also live in Israel from the land of Israel. So what you have, you have mostly, besides Jews, mostly Arabs, and then other peoples that are from other areas that are not officially Arabs or descendants from Abraham. They're in the land. And they lived in the land that Hadrian renamed Palestine. So did some people live there? Do they have some roots there? The answer to that is yes. I'm not denying that. But not as a nation, not as a state, not as a country, just people living there. The only nation or state has been the nation of Israel after Canaan when God judged Canaan. Um, And then it was simply kind of divided between different people groups for 1,000, for what, 2,000 years when God brought Israel out of the land as a judgment for rejecting the Messiah. That happened in 70 AD, uh, when Titus Vespasian came in and they wiped it out and they burned down their temple and took them out of there. And nobody really claimed that land as their state until Israel got reclaimed as the state after 2000 years in 1948. And that was done, as you said, Greg, by the UN after world war II, after the persecution of Hitler, God said in the last days, I'm going to do it. God did it. And so what God says literally is going to happen. It has happened. Now we know they will be there until the Lord comes back. There's going to be great persecution. There'll be many of them that will be put to death by the antichrist. Sadly, the Bible tells us that that is the Jewish people. As he tries to take over, but then the Lord will come back and rescue those that remain, and he'll establish his kingdom. His throne will be there in Jerusalem, and we will rule and reign with him for a thousand years on this earth.
2: Well, and as you said too, Pastor Mark, uh, there's a lot of citizens of Israel that are not Jewish. Right. There's a mix. That's right. Uh, Israel allows... Arab Israelis. uh, Yeah, Arab Israelis. That's right. Israel has a worker visa program in the Gaza Strip to allow workers to come across to feed their families because their own Palestinian government, whatever, doesn't supply them economically God so, loves them. That's not God the point. God, them. God loves it. them. That's They're it. just
0: not that nation. Israel's the nation God gave it
2: to. Us. Absolutely. Pastor Mark, thank you. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fourth beast in an iron fisted government and why we're seeing it forming right now as Signs of the Times continues.
1: WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville.
0: Are you facing obstacles to your financial progress? Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with my Money Life from Crown. Today, Crown's founder, the late Larry Burkett, takes a
1: look at some of those obstacles and how to overcome them. Number one is the pressure to own more things. that's an obstacle to good planning. Unless you can control that and say, I don't need to buy more things, And I don't need to buy them, number one, because somebody on television tells me that I have a great lack in my life as a result of not having these. Nor do I need them because I see somebody else around me that has them and I envy them. Second is the attitude that more is better regardless of what it costs. And I've heard it taught, by the way. Many of the get-rich-quick programs that have traveled through Christianity over the years came with the emphasis of never be satisfied where you are. If you are, you're stagnant. If you're stagnant, you're dying. You're not being of service to the Lord. That's nonsense. See, stagnant means that I've got more ability than I am utilizing, and therefore I'm slothful by not putting it into practice. Contentment means this is God's plan for my life, and I've learned to live with it. Another obstacle to good financial planning is using credit to avoid making necessary decisions. Now, when somebody buys a house they can't afford, they didn't avoid the decision that they bought a house too expensive. They delayed it. And then, month by month, reality comes in. There's nothing wrong with the use of credit, by the way, if you use it wisely. But when you use credit, never use it to avoid making a decision that has to be made at that point. Now, if you're struggling with credit card debt, I recommend Christian Credit Counselors. They'll create a debt management plan specifically
0: for you. For more information, call the Crown Helpline, 800-722-1976. Or visit online at crown.org slash
2: ccc. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. In a time of difficulty, it's always good to pause and just ask the question, God, is there something in my life that needs attention? What are you wanting me to see? Because it's easy to complain. And it's easy to whine, and it's easy to feel sorry for ourselves when times are tough. But pray for the strength to persevere. Pray for the strength to get through it the next day. Because the choice in every difficulty, the choice today is so wonderful. Because trials are going to be a part of your life, but with them, we get a choice. We can't really choose the trials that we go through, but we can choose how to respond.
1: For more biblical encouragement to help you grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus, visit edtaylor.org. Again, that's edtaylor.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor is a presentation of Calvary Aurora. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host...
2: Welcome back to the second half of our weekly look at Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, October 1st, 2021. Along with Pastor Mark Kirk, I'm Greg Hill. Thanks for staying with us in our second half hour. This is episode 186 for those of you that will be podcasting later on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or Apple. We appreciate you subscribing and listening to Signs of the Times anytime. So let's get into some more articles. Pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Heavy on the plagues, heavy on the corruption, heavy on all of it. Uh, but before we get into the articles, as the Lord always directs Pastor Mark to things that and he doesn't even know himself that will be handy for the show, <laughs> yeah. uh, but this is an aspect in the book of Daniel. We've talked about Daniel chapter 2 a lot on this program because because Daniel chapter 2 talks about the the beast that Nebuchadnezzar had this dream about and Daniel interprets, and then of course we understand that those were physical things that happened as far as countries rising and falling in power, but it's also prophetic as well, uh, but there's another part of Daniel Yeah that is we're seeing also form. So let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, one of the things that's been hitting me about all that's happening in our nation right now about the vaccines and all the things is that there's this there's been, I think everyone has noticed, a real sharp turn from, hey, we'd like you to do something, and we think this is good for the American people, to you have to do it. And if you don't, you're in big trouble, and we're coming after you, and we're going to implement things that are, is going to make your life miserable if you don't. And that is, for example, you must take the vaccine, all businesses, all government, all nurses. And if you try to get around it, we're going to fine you thousands of dollars per incident. I mean, this really hard fisted, just in your face, we're going to force you to do it. It kind of reminds you of, well, of a communist country, really, of being a place where they force you to do things you don't want to do. And if not, they're going to throw you in jail. The Gestapo will come and get you and all these things. You'll be in some internment camp or something. It reminds you of really some of the things you've seen in movies. You never dreamed what happened in America. We're seeing the headwinds of that. And so, Greg, while I was watching, why is it so hard-fisted? Why why are we forcing vaccines on everyone? and They're losing their careers and their jobs when, when when, 99.9% of people are surviving. And why are we forcing and wanting to force vaccinations on children?
2: And the vaccine doesn't necessarily work working yeah, yeah. the way they intended it.
0: That's right. And then even on kids, we're, there's not really even hardly Any result, yes, some children have died, but almost all of them, almost all have had some really serious comorbidity. Yes, pre-existing. So here's the point. Why is everybody freaking out and being so hard about this? Why is it so firm? Why is it so? And I started thinking, this is really very wise in the demonic realm. Because again, if you get the governments of the world to agree to start forcing everyone to do something that opens up the door for the Antichrist to step on the scene and force everyone to take a mark on their hand or on their forehead and this kind of thing. So you can see the groundwork being laid for everyone having to go along, everyone having to do this. But Greg, it's really the hard-fistedness. It's the brutalness of it that got me. So I'm doing my normal reading in Daniel and being reminded about what it says about the Antichrist. And remember, a lot of prophecy, we talk about prophecy These are things yet to come, but before the prophecies take place, there's always that headwind. You know, before the hurricane arrives, we've said before, you feel those headwinds of the hurricane and then boom, it hits. We're feeling the headwinds of a hard-fisted, brutal, uh, government that's coming after the rapture. But listen what it says in Daniel chapter eight, when Daniel's getting more visions from the angels and dreams about what's happening. Gabriel explaining to him uh what the vision means it says in verse 23 of chapter 8 in Daniel and in the latter time of their kingdom uh that is the when th- these these um the 10 kingdoms and and antichrist is in power and control uh when the transgressions have reached their fullness as these 10 kingdoms come into power listen to what it says this um antichrist having fierce features so he's going to physically look like a really tough cookie all right he understands sinister schemes. Well, think about that. In other words, he's able to put together things that causes the entire world to bow down to him and do what he says, but everybody thinks that it's logical and makes sense. Are we not seeing that happen? The whole world is being forced uh, to to go along with all these mandates coming from the government, And yet it's being presented as this is good because it's good for the people of the world. And we would say
2: that this is the spirit of Antichrist in operation, correct? Yes, I do.
0: Absolutely. You see, these are the headwinds of what Satan is going to do through the Antichrist. And speaking of him, he'll have sinister schemes. We're seeing that kind of thing already happening. The Antichrist, his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. That is, Satan will be empowering him. He shall destroy fearfully. And shall prosper and thrive, he shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. through his cunning he will cause deceit to prosper under his rule, he shall exalt himself in his heart, he shall destroy many in prosperity, he shall rise against kings and princes. And again, he goes on talking about all these things that this yeah. Antichrist is going to do and that he's going to have. And, and Daniel's just basically saying, "Look, what's going on? But listen to what he says. Now Daniel chapter seven, that's kind of talking about the Antichrist. Listen to how he describes his kingdom. That is, it, it, his kingdom is going to be described in Scripture as the fourth beast. It's the revived Roman Empire, but it's the kingdom that the Antichrist will rule over and reign. And here's what he says. The angel says the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. Okay, now people are saying there's been lots of kingdoms. Let me give you the context. This is talking about worldwide rulership kingdoms. So this will be a revived... Yeah. Actually, the, it's the fourth, but the fifth, because it died away with Rome. It's coming back. So it's still the fourth so kingdom. So it never really died. Yes. Rome has been alive. It imploded. Embers yes. of Rome have been burning for yes. thousands of years. But now that flame is going to take back up with the wind of the Antichrist, okay? So the fourth kingdom on the earth will arise, which shall be different from all other kingdoms. Now listen to what it says, the kingdom that's going to happen in the last days, Greg. It shall devour the the entire earth not just rule over but devour notice the language yeah there's a brutality to this kingdom that's worse than the others he says and because daniel even said i want to know why this kingdom is worse than all the others and he's telling why it's worse it will trample the world and break it in pieces the 10 horns are 10 kings who shall arise from this kingdom and another shall arise after them that is the antichrist he shall be different from the first kings he shall subdue three of these kings he will speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for three and a half years. It doesn't mean that uh, the church is defeated. The church is out of here at that time, but the, those who are here after the rapture will that have be... have given their lives. Yeah, they're going to be under his persecution. Yeah. He says, uh, but the court shall be seated and, and he's going to be taken over. Kings, kingdoms will be in place. But he speaks of this fourth, fourth kingdom... As being more vicious than all the other kingdoms, more brutal
2: than all the other kingdoms. Uh, again, he wants to. And under- that's before the Antichrist even shows up yes. and takes over.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is again where the Antichrist is going to rule over this over kingdom. Over this great. kingdom, yes, yes. He is. But again, he talks about this fourth kingdom, this uh, uh, being like a, a beast, an iron beast, says he has bronze claws and iron teeth. And he's going to subdue and break the whole earth in pieces. Now, Daniel's freaking out he goes what why is this beast more vicious than all the others the picture is this when this kingdom comes into power it's going to be dominating with amazingly powerful force making everyone come under in line and under submission with this brutal you have no choice you have no freedom I will make you um, and you you can't break iron you can't break. you know, it's like it's gonna be strong when I see what's happening now there's this sudden turn even in the freest nation of the world up to this point. Or there's a sudden turn from, you know what, we're going to let people do what they want and have freedom to suddenly these, these iron teeth and these brass claws saying, no, you will do what we tell you. Now, this is just the headwind. This is yeah, nothing.
2: This is nothing.
0: Wait until you see what the Antichrist yeah. is going to do. So I guess what I want our listeners to be aware of, after the rapture takes place, we're going to see this all come into gear full throttle. Be glad you're not going to be here because these are the headwinds. Of this kingdom that's coming and Greg it's going to be brutal and vicious and again no one will have any choice it will be totally ruled and controlled with no freedoms under the power of Satan and the Antichrist
2: well let's share with our listeners a couple of headwind articles yes uh, Pastor Mark the first one is from the blaze.com government officials declare unvaccinated Australians will lose their freedoms in October. Isn't this amazing? Look at this.
0: No options. Not that we can discuss it. Not, not that we can see are the vaccines
2: I, good or bad. Uh, what, iron teeth?
0: There it is. German leaders in the state of New South Wales, where the bureaucracy just a month ago announced that it was giving vaccinations, vaccinated citizens a reward of one extra hour outside. Listen, here's their reward, Greg. They, they get a reward of an extra hour outside their home. It sounds like prison. It is for recreation time announced during Monday's <laughs> during Monday's press oh briefing my. that the unvaccinated will lose lose all their freedoms. Uh, the announcement revealed extra freedoms uh, for residents they can experience once the state hits 80% vaccination rate. Oh gracious. Above and beyond that, 70% goal coast goalposts they're supposed to reach. The state has been touting its 70% threshold um, uh, goal and said Monday that it expected to hit that goal by October the 11th. The updated freedoms for the 80% threshold will include free traveling anywhere in um, north-south Wales, allowing people to stand up and drink in pubs, up to ten visitors at a private residence. Groups up to twenty people allowed to gather outside. No limits on fully vaccinated attendance at weddings and funerals, and a number of other extra freedoms. That's not freedom, Greg. That's time. That's, not
2: a fr- that's ty- tyranny. Time in the prison yard. Yes, it's time We're in the prison yard. We're let
0: you year. out of your cell and give you time in the prison yard, and they're supposed to be thankful for that. Now, this is where we are, guys. You're talking about a free nation. Australia is, has been a free nation. This is not, uh, you know, Russia. This is not China. This is not North Korea. And this is the good part. Okay, look how firm this is. He says anyone who is not vaccinated can't expect to lose their freedoms. The 70% roadmap will kick in October 11th, will be applied to the whole state, uh, said Premier uh, Barillero, which means that restrictions for non-vaxxed will also kick in. And then he made it clear that not only would unvaccinated people not achieve further freedom, but they would lose any of the freedoms they currently enjoy.
2: You know, it reminds me of the scripture verse, and I wish I could quote this, this, the verse itself, but it says, that, the, and it's either in the Psalms or Proverbs, I think, the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel.
0: Yes, yes.
2: And that's, uh, that's what popped into my head when you're describing the freedoms that they'll get. Yes. If they become vaccinated.
0: Well, And again, 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 it goes right in line, Greg, with this, this again, the headwinds of a coming kingdom where you're going to be glad any freedoms you have, it will be granted to you yeah. by the great leader of the world out of Europe, this Antichrist. And it's going to be a strong iron fist and you will be under his control completely.
2: Well, let's bring the headwinds close to home. MSN dot com reporting that a North Carolina hospital system is Firing about 175 workers in one of the largest ever mass terminations due to a vaccine mandate.
0: Unbelievable. Now we come to America. Listen, which is worse? Having no one to take care of the sick or people dying from being sick? A North Carolina-based hospital system announced Monday that roughly 175 unvaccinated employees were fired for failing to comply with the organization's mandatory coronavirus vaccination policy, the latest in a series of healthcare care dismissals over coronavirus immunizations. Novant Health said last week that 375 unvaccinated workers across 15 hospitals and 800 clinics had been suspended for not getting immunized. Unvaccinated employees were given five days to comply. Look at, the, I will give you five days to comply. Uh, Greg, you can do a better German than I can. Do What is a German? I have five days. Give me five days in German. Uh, you know. Well, I, I shouldn't joke about it. Yeah. I, anyway, okay. but uh, you're better German. You know, the, you know some language. You can say some things like, I don't know. You have sa-
2: uh, yeah. Sauerkraut. Yeah. That's not
0: German, is it? N- yes, oh, it is. Okay. All right. Anyway. I said I wouldn't joke about it. This this is not, yeah, this is not really, this is not funny at all. Listen to this. The mass termination of unvaccinated hospital system employees is among the largest of its kind to date. More than 150 healthcare workers who did not comply with the vaccine mandate at Houston Methodist, one of the first health systems to require the coronavirus shots, was fired or resigned in June after a federal judge upheld the policy. Christian Care, a Delaware health system, announced this week that 150 employees were fired for not adhering to the vaccine mandate. Now, again, you hear this and you go, oh, my goodness. It's not just the hospitals and the doctors. It's the, uh, you know, I've got in the government, we have people losing their jobs here in the church. They're forcing them to do something, Greg, that right now they're admitting that even with the vaccine, you still catch coronavirus. You have the same viral load. Called,
2: that's called breakthrough COVID. Yes, right? you
0: yeah. still have the same viral load in both uh, unvaccinated, vaccinated. Yeah. Anyway, I won't get into the I whole know, subject. The point is, it's crazy, and it's going to cause more, I think, problems than even the virus would cause. Yeah. And it's this whole hard-fisted, you will obey or we will smash you. That's what the fourth kingdom coming, Greg, is going to yeah. be
2: like. We're seeing the spirit of Antichrist at work. Forget about the arguing the, the, the horizontal medical pros and cons and whatever right. of a vaccine, right, not right. a vaccine. Those are consequences. Th- th- those are consequences. Yeah. The, the, the real issue That's here right. That's is the right. spirit of Antichrist is, at work. It
0: is, Greg. It is a spiritual event. I take you back to Rome. We talked about the revived Roman Empire. Yeah. If, if you remember, those of you that don't know in history... What Rome would make you do to the government, you had to go pinch this incense to honor the Roman emperor. And if you pinch the incense to show allegiance to the Roman emperor, that you were complying to the government's demands, then you get a piece of paper. And that piece of paper was your pass to go shopping, go to the restaurant, live life. If you had that piece of paper, you could do that. We're doing the same thing. Listen, you're being told that you have to get a shot to comply to the government. And if you don't get it, Greg, you get a vaccine passport if you do that piece of paper, that passport lets you go in restaurants It lets you buy and sell. It is the same thing as pinching the incense to the Roman emperors in Rome. It is a total control of the government. As you said, the issue doesn't matter. It is a spiritual issue that is to control mankind, to bring mankind, as the Bible says, under the authority of the Antichrist and ultimately under the authority of Satan in the last days until Jesus comes back and crushes him and establishes his kingdom. We're watching it begin to happen. Uh,
2: The Apostle Paul talked about wolves, ravenous wolves in the church, taking advantage of those that have kind hearts and Here's a good uh, illustration of that. Current day, Jesse Duplantis claims Christians can speed up Jesus' second coming if they will just give more money. Yeah,
0: I, you know, the Bible, Jesus warned in the last days that there'd be greater and greater apostasy. That is false teaching and false teachers. He said there'd be those that would rise up uh, and say, I'm the Christ. He said, don't believe them. He also said, you're going to see a lot of the a falling away of the church. You're going to see a lot of false prophets And so here's the deal. And I kind of bring this back to how do we defend against false prophets? Even before I get into this article, we have to believe God's word and we have to know God's word and we have to believe it and know it literally. And it goes back even to the question we answered at the very beginning of the program about the gap theory and all that other stuff and the age of the earth. If we start playing with what the Bible says and don't simply believe what it says, we're going to be in big trouble and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be deceived in the last days. This Jesse Duplantis, he's a false prophet and he is deceiving many people to his own enrichment. You know, I fear for him when he stands before the Lord because, again, it's going to be a scary day. But listen to the article. Louisiana televangelist Jesse Duplantis said in a recent televised fundraiser, "As you said, Greg, we can speed things up if we do this the right way by giving more money to Jesus." And I quote: "I honestly believe this." I, 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 no comment. The reason why Jesus hasn't come is because people are not giving the way God told them to give.
2: Give me the scripture for that, Jesse. What a
0: liar. What a liar. Listen, Jesus. can you imagine, nowhere in the scripture does it say that Jesus said, the more you give, you can bring me back sooner. So just give, and I'll come back sooner. It's all about money, and so come back. This is for Jesse Duplantis. This is not about Jesus Christ at all. Speaking, and notice this, speaking at a fundraiser for Kenneth Copeland, another false teacher. yes. He continued, when you understand this, you speed up the time. And I, uh, here's, again, something he put on Twitter. Participating in a, Victoria, a victory-a-thon fundraiser for Kenneth Copeland's ministry, right-wing pastor Jesse Duplantis brags about being a multimillionaire with his own private plane while telling viewers they can speed up the return of Christ by donating. A Duplantis, the pastor of Covenant Church in a Destrehan, St. Charles Parish, a multimillionaire who owns a private plane and has been criticized for his lavish lifestyle added, I realize that I will not move people emotionally to give. I'm going to have to move people according to the word of God. Oh,
2: that's just blasphemous. Well, let me tell you no, something, Greg. Is that listen, not blasphemy? When,
0: yes, it is. And when you use God for your own personal evil, listen, using God for your personal evil, that is going to be a harsh, vicious judgment for him when he stands before God. Duplantis, 72 in age, then urged the people to give, saying, God the Father would say, Jesus, go get him. You know what? Don't worry. He's coming after you, and you're going to stand before him, and you're going to give an account. This kind of stuff, Gray, scares me to death. This life is so short, and to be so blinded. He's 72, and he loves money so much at 72, he's willing to blaspheme God to get richer and to help uh, Kenneth Copeland get richer when they don't realize, at any moment, they're going to stand before God and give account, and this is it. This is their moment for eternity. That's scary stuff.
2: Well, he's focused on Jesus' second coming. and The rapture is going to happen first. What's what what is, what's he going to think when the church is raptured and he's left?
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. and I and I really, and I can't even say that. I can't I can't judge his heart whether he's going to heaven or not. But I'll tell you what, there is no fruit here. Yeah, that's
0: biblical. Well, if he goes to heaven, he's getting all the reward he's going to get right now. Right now, that's and for if he's sure. not yes. going to heaven, he's just wow. building up uh, the the uh, coals of judgment.
2: Wow! All right, let's get into some technology. This is from technotification.com. Of course, it's all over the Internet. As far as Elon Musk and his Starlink low-Earth orbiting satellite system. Yeah. Uh, it's, the service is soon to begin now worldwide. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the cool technology, but the prophecy behind
0: it. Yeah, you can see God really getting the world ready for what he said would happen in the Scripture. Elon Musk Starlink satellite Again, as you said, on track to go worldwide. is supposed to be by August or within the next five weeks. On every part of the globe, uh, currently Starlink delivers satellite Internet to over 69,000 active consumers, 12 countries, according to the company. And, of course, we're already in August. So beyond that, uh, this obviously, as you said, a dated article. But here's the thing I want you to grab from the article. Elon Musk addressing at the Mobile World Congress conference at, in Barcelona on Tuesday stated that the Starlink service is expected to have about 500,000 subscribers worldwide by 2022. So they're looking at 2022 is really when this thing is going to fully kick in worldwide and everybody's going to be involved. While Musk has stated that Starlink would have a worldwide coverage by August, this does not imply that every country, including India, will be able to use the service from August onwards. So there's going to be some country, but by 2022, they're hoping that all countries will be able to by the, by, before that year's over, Greg. And again, it's going to be a major thing. We'll mention in a second, but you got a comment to throw in here. So,
2: well, I was just I was just thinking financially. You said five hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah. Okay. It's ninety nine dollars a month. Yeah. The di- the dish, by the way, costs you five hundred. So you buy the hardware and it's right. yours. Okay. Yeah. Once you get but the dishes, you're good to go. Right. Exactly. You're good to go. <laughs> uh, but you're talking about ninety nine dollars a month, five hundred thousand subscribers. That's almost uh, fifty million five hundred thousand dollars. Uh, uh A month, unbelievable, as far as income, and that, and and let me tell you what, and five hundred thousand is nothing oh, wait till compared it to what it will. Oh yeah, be. everybody's going to anyway. get on this
0: eventually. It's Greg, it's out the roof. Okay, quite literally. Now, why is this also so interesting? I think our listeners probably already know if you've been listening to Signs of the Times for any length of time, because the Bible says that in the last days, when the Antichrist declares himself to be God, which he will do. At the midway point of the great tribulation, he will stand there on the temple mount and say, I'm God. And with a hard iron fist, again, iron fist and bronze claws, he will force the entire world to bow down to him, the Bible says. We talked about the headwinds. This will be when it comes to fruition, when he does that and controls the world with this iron fist. The Bible says the whole world will see this. Well, what do you do with the guy in the tent out in the middle of, you know, the desert? And you say, well, they don't have satellite. Yeah, they do. I've seen them. I've driven through the desert in the Middle East. They yeah, do have they satellite got dishes. So these guys are going to have satellite. But the problem was they couldn't pick it up. There wasn't service to them. Starlink has solved the problem. Starlink will now because these are series of satellites, and I've seen them very uh, t- small and when I was in uh, in Florida I saw one take off to, to send more satellites up. We have a, a pilot here in the body that said that he saw a row of them going over when he was
2: flying so it's kind of eerie but there's cool a, at the there's same a name time. for it you can see it on YouTube videos okay yeah.
0: anyway they circle the earth in groups, just flying around like a bunch of just like you know George Jetson things that like you yes. talked about and the entire world now has access to so note this internet. 40% faster than even 5G than anything we have now. 40% faster than our fastest internet. And by the way, those of you in Knoxville, you've not experienced yeah. 5G.
2: Once the system's complete. Yes.
0: yes. Once it's complete. That's exactly right. And it's going to be, I mean, super fast. So fast, they say that literally you can have the cars that drive themselves. You can literally, it can make decisions at the moment for you. I mean, you don't yeah. have to, there's no, there's no delay. It'll turn every turn for you. Every, everything. There's no delay. And so the whole world, no matter where they are, Greg. We'll be able to tune in and see this man declare that he is God from the Temple Mount. The Bible says it's going to happen. People for thousands of years have wondered how it was going to take place. Now we know. Yeah. This is how it's going to take place. Pretty cool.
2: All right. Well... Also cool is some good news, finally, yes, that we get to end with. Uh, Denzel Washington, to a Christian men's conference, is telling the men to pray daily, listen to God, and remember, strength and leadership are God's gift to us. Yeah, I need
0: need to see these guys standing up, and Denzel Washington, a famous actor, standing up again uh, at 66, uh, getting ready to be 67, having just buried my mother, he said, I made a promise to her and to God, and not, not just to do good the right way, but to honor my mother and my father and the way I live. Uh, the rest of my days on the earth i'm here to serve to help to provide um, he spoke at a better man event hosted by the first baptist orlando in florida and during the nearly 30 minute discussion washington washington told his spiritual mentor pastor a.r bernard the senior pastor of christian cultural center in brooklyn uh, new york what god has been telling him every time he prays and i quote in every prayer all i hear is this feed my sheep that's what God wants me to do. And by the way, that's what Jesus said. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. The training day and uh, and the Equalizer star went on to say that he often responds to God asking, what does that mean? But added, what I found out in the last couple of years is there are all kinds of sheep. So that's why I talked to experienced shepherds to help guide me. It starts at home washing wow. this out. I love this. It starts at home with how you raise your children. Amen to that. If a young man doesn't have a father figure, he'll go find a, he'll go find a father figure. That is, you better be one for your kids. So yes, good news. And that is our job is to continue to feed God's people, feed the sheep, tell them of the love of Jesus Christ. And by the way, we're going to do that right now. Mm. You know, we may have a lot of bad news oftentimes or future bad news that we talk about on signs of the times because our job as a watchman on the wall from Ezekiel 33, is to let you know what we see. That's our job. We're not prophets, but our job is to share with you what we see coming so you can be prepared as God's children. But at the same time, we have to tell you this. Jesus has won and will ultimately win in the end. There will be battles that Satan wins, but the war has been won by Christ. It is won by Christ, and he will rule and reign forever in Jerusalem. And for those who know him, you will rule and reign with him and live with him forever in a kingdom that will never again go dark or bad. Here's the question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? If you're listening today and you've heard what we said and it's gotten your attention, maybe the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now for the first time in your life that you don't know if you're going to heaven or not, you now can know. And here's how. Jesus said if you will confess your sins, God will forgive you. You have to believe that he died for you on the cross, that his blood paid for your sins. And if you believe that and ask him to forgive you, give your life to jesus christ the bible says you'll be born again and yes bad things are happening and will happen But the best is yet to come for all eternity if you make that decision. I encourage you, pray to the Lord right now and ask him into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior.
2: Amen. Pastor Mark, thank you so much. And folks, thank you for listening. Thewaymedia.net and thewaymedia.app is where you can continue the conversation and listening to our program, Signs of the Times, as well as other content that we provide. We hope you have a great weekend. We hope you are in church worshiping the Lord this weekend. And we hope to see you back here next Friday for more Signs of the Times right here on WIA yeah
1: There's a reason you pray. Sure, prayer's about a relationship with God, but there was a reason long before you were convinced he could be trusted. You might pray because you want or need something, but that too is not why you prayed the first time. You needed rescue, and that was a prayer that changed your world. But when you prayed for the first time, there was another reason. This reason is something you probably haven't even thought of. The very first time you prayed, you may have been uncertain. You probably felt awkward, but the reason you prayed the very first time was because you felt alone. You wanted to know you weren't. Whether you realized it or not, that prayer was an invitation for God to step into your alarm.